when it's a club that's used for a very specific yardage for a very specific purpose hitting a par five and two or you have a tee shot that cannot go more than 240 yards because it'll go in, in out of bounds or it'll go in the water that's a club where you need stopping power so uh, getting optimal launch spin to maximize distance is kind of irrelevant in that category so uh, that uh, opens a lot of creativity this is the Fitting Room Podcast. Here's your host, Nate Adelman. We talk a lot on the Fitting Room about Callaway Distance Fitting. We've plugged it at the, almost, at the end of almost every episode for the last four or five months. But one of the things the team here uh, at, at Fitting Room Headquarters really wanted to do was bring a distance fitting to everybody so they could uh, appreciate all that goes into this really wonderful program that we've launched. And uh, joining me today to help me do that, we've got two special guests. I'll start with uh, a friend of the fitting room, John Monarski, also co-creator of Callaway Distance Fittings. So, John, thank you for joining us today to uh, do a D- Callaway Distance Fitting Live. Hey, Nate. Thanks for having me. Super excited to be here and talk fitting. And uh, our special guest, who is actually the recipient of the fitting, is Nathan Lee. And Nathan, uh, first, welcome to the Finney Room. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, absolutely. And Nathan, you were the lucky winner of a contest that uh, Callaway had run with AmateurGolf.com. And uh, part of it, you know, there was uh, an entry required a a written sample, you know, very rigorous, but congratulations for winning. And the prize is a new set of irons. Yeah, yeah, super excited about that. Happy to be here. And so we're excited to, you know, we know uh, we did a little homework ahead of time um, to get a little bit about what's in your bag, your strengths, your weaknesses, just like we would do in a normal Callaway distance fitting. And um, what we're excited to do is go through that, talk about what's in your bag now, what is your objectives of what you're trying to achieve. And then by the end of this, we will have a recommendation for what direction to go in your new set of irons. Um, so does that sound good? Yeah, that sounds awesome. Looking forward to it. Uh, and then the best part is that uh, your new set of irons will be uh, on the house. Or maybe uh, John, will, John will be paying for those ones. <laughs> yeah, well. the paycheck. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, perfect. So, John, I'm going to pass over the baton to you now um, and maybe start with, a little bit about uh, we got the pre-fit interview from Nathan and maybe go through some of what some of the questions that are on there and the pertinent information to be able to start to understand what we're trying to do here today. Yeah, um, absolutely, Nate. So for, you know, for the viewers at home listening, watching, uh, you know, uh, Nate pretty much called it out to where instead of being face to face, you know, like in, and being able to conduct a uh, you know, five to 10 minute pre-fit interview. Now, essentially we just sent the note ahead, you know, asked him some questions and then and Nathan filled it all back and, and got us kind of the majority of what we need, maybe not everything, but, you know, gives us a good starting point, good reference. Uh, and we ask, you know, basically the base, you know, the basics of right or left-handed, how much do you play um, size of the glove handicap, all that kind of stuff. So specifically about Nathan here, right-handed golfer, wears a um, medium, large size glove, He's a one index, which is great. Nate will probably take take money from us easily, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, and and obviously the you know the, the reason for the call and kind of going through this is, is wanted to talk about iron specifically, and then depending on time, we can kind of dabble in some other you know areas or 
or categories, but I would imagine, you know, being a one, he's probably got the majority of things pretty, pretty buttoned up. Um, he is a Callaway supporter. He does play some, uh, you know, some rogue equipment, which is nice to see in the driver in the fairway woods. Um, he mentions the golf ball that he plays. He plays a competitor, the Bridgestone Tour BX. We can kind of talk through that a little bit. Um, that, Nate, as you know, we've talked through this a couple times, you know, uh, on and offline, kind of how important the golf ball is, right? So that's a, big, that's a big starting point. You know, even if the, you know, the golfer is calling in to talk about a putter, right? We want to make sure that we have a conversation about the golf ball and kind of how it relates to the performance, uh, sound and feel, preferences, you name it, kind of covering all of the above. But we'll hop into that here next. Um, there is a chance that Nathan does have some launch monitor data, which is pretty slick. You know, obviously doing a, a Zoom or a Skype or a Teams call like this, being able to actually reference some numbers and, you know, cold hard facts. That'll be pretty sweet to be able to talk through. Um, his Basically how tall he is, his wrist to ground measurement, that'll be very helpful that you can pretty much take it home, right, with any ruler you have laying around the house. He rates some of the, the different parts of his game as far as, um, you know, how well he does off the tee with his irons, putter, short game, you name it. And then he goes into kind of some other details around, around his uh, game, which we can kind of hit on here a bit. But that kind of covers some of the pre-fit, uh, you know, questions we ask him. And then also, um, you know, gives us a general idea as far as direction of where we want to go. Perfect. So uh, we've got a little bit of background in terms of, you know, strengths and weaknesses, uh, some measurements, equipment in the bag. Now, uh, let's kick off the actual uh, distance fitting um, itself. So Nathan is here. So uh, uh, let's, let's, let's start the process. Let's do it. Let's start talking through some some uh, some equipment for you. So first and foremost, Nathan, uh, if you don't mind, what uh, what are you currently playing? Uh, and and you know, give us some you know a background information on that. Are you happy? Are you unhappy? Are you looking for something different? Uh, you know, just any sort of uh, you know um, information you could provide there would be great. Yeah, sure. So um, currently, I'm playing a one piece forged iron. Um, I'm decently happy with it. Um, you know. Kind of wishing I had a little bit more forgiveness off those, uh, you know, missed strikes off the center. Um, I think, you know, one of my biggest issues um, living in Tennessee, we get a lot of wind. Uh, so I, the shaft and kind of setup I'm playing right now, it's just like a, a really high flight. And, uh, you know, when, when it's windy, it's not penetrating enough and I lose a lot of distance. Um, so definitely something that's a little bit more forgiving with a combo with a shaft that maybe lowers the flight and makes it a little bit more penetrating. Okay. Um, Good. That's what I'm looking for. And uh, I mean, how important is look and feel for you? Or are you primarily looking now based, you know, solely off of, uh, you know, performance? Uh, look and feel is a, a big thing for me. Uh, so I think I have to feel like I'm confident looking at the uh, club. So I like the top line to be, you know, uh, a little bit smaller, not like a chunky back, um, you know, cavity backed irons kind of have that, but um you know, I know the forged irons are a little bit sleeker on the top line um, and then a little bit less offset. Got it. Cool. Have you seen, uh, have you seen our muscle back or our X forged line at all? Have you, have you, yeah, uh, yeah. Online or tried those? Yeah, I got to, uh, I got to try them at a local fitter on a track, man. I got to try both of them with a very, uh, like a couple different shafts and uh, both of them were awesome actually. So um, I saw yeah, some big upticks on uh, both of those compared to the one I have currently. The timing on this is fantastic because with the full set or the full lineup of Cal irons, there's everything now with the recent launch of two new players' irons. So 
Um, I think, uh, yeah, I think we'll be, we have plenty of options here to pick from or, or good options. And um, I know you had mentioned um, you had some track man data or some launch monitor data. I think it's worth mentioning a launch monitor is measuring certain uh, bits of information, right? It's measuring launch, it's measuring spin, um, it's measuring uh, ball speed. Everything else is somewhat of a calculation. And I don't think there's a one-to-one -one relationship between the calculation and the club that you play. So it's really good in this instance to be able to bring launch monitor data to a fitter like John, who can then take that information, put it into context, and then give a, uh, a, a recommendation based on it. So hypothetically, if I had the same numbers on the launch monitor, but what I was telling John of my focus or my goal was different, that the result of the fitting might be different, even though the data is the same. So um, anyway, really good to have uh, bringing into a distance fitting. Yeah, completely agree. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, like the more information that you can provide us, the better. And, and Nate, like you said, I mean, it's a, it's a extremely helpful tool to be able to have that data, but it's also not the, you know, deciding factor, right? I mean, you know, the look, the feel, all of that, you have to have the, you know, the total package. So um, Nathan, can you talk to us a little bit more about that experience of being able to, you know, test some, some different equipment? Uh, it sounds like you, you were there with a fitter. So you probably talked through some of the specifics based off of what you've mentioned about your current set you know, most likely you were probably experimenting in kind of the, you know, the apex muscle back X forged CB kind of category. Uh, uh, were you able to test both of those heads? Yeah. Yeah. I got to test both of those heads. Um, I currently have a, um, let's see, a KBS money taper in my clubs. Um, so they also put me in that same shaft um, with the CBs and the uh, forged clubs. Um, and I mean, even with my current shaft, I was seeing at least six to seven yards gain with the with the Apex Club and the CB. So off the bat, I mean, both of those clubs were performing fantastic, uh, but it still came to that fact that I was just getting a little bit too much um, launch. Um, so, you know, we tinkered around with a couple different shafts and I got into a uh, dynamic gold shaft and then he put me back into the CB um, and the uh, muscle back one. I mean, it was no question. Those were, those were the best clubs I've probably ever hit. Uh, the CB ended up taking the edge for me right there. Um, but I mean, I, I legitimately seen like 10, 15 yard differences while maintaining the same spin. So, I mean, with my pitching wedge, I think I was averaging carry of like 136 with uh, right around like nine, nine, 10,000 backspin. Um, with my seven iron, I was getting right around 179 carry. Um, and my average spin was 74.57, which I loved. I mean, it's, you know, it's getting there and it's stopping. It's not rolling out. I'm, you know, distance control is one of my big things. Um, you know, control of the ball uh, is another one. So, so seeing these numbers really, really was good. And then my four iron was, was a huge, I think that was almost 20 yards uh, gain. I was, I was averaging 211, uh, you know, with 4,000 backspin with a CB. Uh, so I mean, I, I hate, I, you know, it was the best club I've ever hit. <laughs> wow. That is great to hear. That is, and, and you mentioned just to reiterate, you said uh, it, it, the spin rate with the CB when you tested, it was right around 7,400, you said. Uh, okay. Yeah. And then how about with the, uh, what was the launch angle with that? Yeah, my average launch angle. So I had a couple outliers. Like I hit one that was 194, but my launch angle was 16. 
Um, so that was a little low, but my average, if I'm looking at the data, probably right around 17 and a half, 17 and a half to 18. Nice. And, and what type of balls were being used? Were they range balls? Were they chrome softs? What were they? Yeah, I, uh, I was using the Tor BX. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So your ball that you play, you're being fit and tested with that. Okay. All right. Good. Yeah. Um, those numbers are pretty solid, as you mentioned, right? The 17 and a half launch angle and the spin rate, you know, uh, just above that 7,000 mark. Um, you mentioned that you're looking for feel, for, for control, workability, uh, and then obviously, you know, uh, whatever distance comes from that. It sounds like by testing that alone and you did, you know, you were able to do some sh shaft testing, you can probably see some changes in numbers, but also most importantly, you're able to feel the difference, right? Uh, different weights, maybe you tested different flexes, maybe not, uh, but I'm assuming at your speed, most likely you were in the stiffer X category um, and, and probably hung there pretty tight. Overall, those numbers are pretty good. Um, Nate, you and I probably don't carry the same speed that Nathan does. Mm -hmm. I would say for, for some players, 7,400 can be a little much, right? Yeah, I was, that was my first thought was, especially complaining about uh, getting like in windy conditions and hitting the ball high. 7,400 seems a little bit high. So what would be an approach to try to bring that down? Yeah. So that's kind of what I'm thinking. And, and, you know, you've mentioned Nathan, you know, trying some of the heavy, heaviest and stiffest shafts in the game. I don't know whether you mentioned you were fit into it or you tried the X 100, right. But, you know, but that's known for being the number one shaft on tour, most popular because that's what those players are looking for. They're looking for piercing control, right. In their irons and, and that shaft delivers that and it's been proven. What makes me worried is that you've tested that and you've already been there and 74 is good, but, Nate, uh, Nate, you mentioned when that spin, when that spin gets going, you get any breeze in your face, that's gonna, you know, just, just fly up there. So one thing I'd like to hone in is uh, we're already leaning towards the X-Forge CB. You've tested that. We know, of, you know, kind of what that represents. Uh, it's not as um, high lofted as the muscle back iron, which is good, which will help with that. But Nate, to answer your initial question, loft is going to help us get there, right? right. So in, in saying so, but I'd be curious to try I know distances and everything, but potentially by changing the loft one degree in all of the irons, it's going to maybe alter uh, the launch angle by a half a degree, but the spin rate should come down depending on delivery, anywhere from two to 500 RPMs, depending on delivery and strike. I think that could be pretty slick. Um, and also too, I mean, these irons are forged. So at any point you're able to adjust and tweak loft and lie as you need, they are extremely soft. I would be you know, if I was there with you during that fitting experience, I would have been curious to see what that looked like if we had the ability to tweak the seven iron or, you know, the wedge, whatever it was, one degree strong, just to see what that offered. Right. Yeah, I think um, I think there's uh, two other me mechanisms that could be played with here. Uh, maybe a little unsuspecting, maybe knowing us for listeners of this show, they'll they'll know that this is where we're going. But one of them, I think maybe the golf ball as well. Um, that the golf ball that is your currently your gamer is a high spin golf ball in the, in the tour category, there are lower spinning, uh, tour balls out there. So that alone, even without necessarily changing the lofts, I mean, depending on the course conditions, you know, when you change the loft, it does reduce the bounce. It does move that leading edge a little bit back, um, which one degree probably won't make a bit too big of a difference, but if you go a lot more than that, you might notice that. So um, golf ball could be an area of focus as well, I think. 
um, in terms of trying to get a, a, a lower spinning golf ball. Yeah, I, I agree. I kind of just tried that ball one time and then uh, just stuck with it. So I've never really uh, ventured out from it. But uh, definitely, I mean, that's definitely a really good point. Yeah. And then the other one to try um, – in addition to the X100s, I've seen a lot of a little bit of success with high speed, high spin guys. Um, similar to your the S taper shafts you're playing, but the C taper, the KBS C taper is I think it's a hair heavier than X100s, but very similar in terms of weight, but very very stout. And some of the highest spinning guys have seen success flattening their ball flights out a little bit um, with the C taper. So that might be worth a demo. I, I do. Uh, we did try that one out. I think my problem with that one was that I, I pulled them left. Uh, my dispersion was uh, a little bit more draw biased and then to the left. Um, I That could have just been how maybe he set it up, screwing the head in. Uh, yeah. different. I don't know. Um, Interesting. It felt great, though. I'll tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> John, John, what else? Where else would your head go to? Um, you know, we could go a degree strong, um, golf ball, maybe a little lower spin. Anything else to to think about? To be honest, I mean, those three points cover it, right? I mean, like I think the only, you know, the only other lever you could pull would be talking about golf swing and and, and changing delivery and stuff. But there's no reason to go there. He's a great player. Yeah. You know, like I think between option one, two, and three, we can definitely find a solution there. No doubt about it. Okay, so let's take let's. Uh, so it sounds like from a spec standpoint, we're pretty close to having something that's like, hey, go test this. You're really, really close. Now, what I've always said is the difference between a good fitting and, the, and a great fitting is the gapping um, and the transitions to the wedges and the transitions to the hybrids, woods, uh, etc. So, John, walk us through that conversation of. Uh, we know that the irons are going to be uh, the X-Forge CBs, but where do we stop and transition to wedges and where do we on the low end and where do we stop on the high end? A great question. So, so Nathan, uh, currently in the irons that you played, you play three to pitch, four, four to pitch. What did you mention? Yeah, I, I have a four to pitching wedge uh, and then I have a, uh, a driving iron um, and then my wedges, I have uh, 50, 55 and 60. Oh, nice. Cool. Yeah. Good. And, and knowing and knowing in this, you know, uh, new set of uh, irons, knowing that you're going to be picking up yardage and stuff, uh, the, the assumption there is that we're going to pretty much see that all the way through the bag. I think you mentioned the seven to 10 yards that you saw, you know, uh, sometimes even in excess of that, knowing that we're going to pick that up. Um, you know, we may need to have conversations as it relates to the, uh, you know, the lower part of your bag, the higher lofted wedges. Were you able to test the pitching wedge? Did you mention that in, in your fitting? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The pitching wedge, I was averaging, I think, I got it right here. Let me pull it back up. Okay. Uh, I was averaging 136 on my carry with that. Um, and I know my 50 comes right in at like 120. Okay. So there is a little bit of a gap there, but I um, might be able to tinker with the pitching wedge. Yep. Yeah, I mean, got a couple different ways to approach it. Like you said, if we're – if we do, if we do think about strengthening the loft, I don't know if we necessarily need to, if you are open to, to, you know, experimenting with the golf ball, I think Nate, that's a really slick idea. And I think, you know, there's some, there's some benefits there, especially in, into that uh, breeze, into that wind that you were kind of speaking to. But I think we could definitely kind of look into that a bit. Um, and you said 50, 56, 60, is that correct? Yeah. 56 and 55. Got it. Yep. Okay, cool. I mean, there's a chance too, um, you know, that we might want to think about, 
either going to a, a 48 or, you know, strengthening the 50 just to kind of help bridge the gapping there a little bit. Um, I worry about adding loft to the pitching wedge for you because, you know, your, your spin rate with a seven iron is already at 7,400, which is kind of, you know, top of the line of, of where we'd want to see that top of the margin. So I'd be careful with that. I think experimenting either 50 to 49, I think that would be a, a pretty good idea. You said you're from Tennessee, right? Yeah. Yep. Turf conditions typically, I mean, I mean, like when you're out, I mean, you oh. Kind of, I mean oh yeah. Okay. So, you know, so, Nate, that's something we need to be careful of, right? If he's seeing soft and we're thinking about taking a, a, a 50 and, you know, strengthening it to 49, um, you made the comment already on the irons and, and kind of what that's going to do to the bounce and oh, it's changing the design and kind of where we want to be. I think probably doing, doing 48 um, mm -hmm. and then, and then, you know, being careful with kind of where that sets, we're just going to need to, uh, the pitching wedge comes in at 45 degrees. So by doing 45 and then 48, I think you'd be okay. But again, the mm -hmm. wedges that we offer are so soft. An interesting, an interesting comment on, on those lines was, uh, my, my wedge setup was also a 50, 55, 60. And when I switched personally to the X forge irons, I went from the pitching wedge in that set to a 48. Um, so I did that exact thing that you're suggesting is, uh, 48 with the MD five jaws. I have a 48, a 54 and a 60. So it extended the gapping a little bit, but, um, I don't have any holes now. Um, it, it just requires a little more versatility with that 54 to be able to go a little shorter, a little, or step on it if needed. Do you feel like Nathan, that would be something that you could, you know, you could work with. I mean, is that 56, you know, 55, are you pretty versatile with that as is? Do you feel like going to a 54, you'd be able to still kind of do what you need? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I like to, you know, kind of play with the face a little bit, open it up, you know, maybe put it back in the stance, put it forward in the stance, you know, widen the stance, kind of get it up in the air. I'll, I'll do whatever I want with that 55, but uh, I think a 54 really wouldn't matter. Yeah. Cool. Cool. That's great to hear. And then, so how about on the high end of the bag? So that is my biggest issue, 100%. Okay. Yeah. So, so, so talk us through there a little bit, what the issue is and, and, and kind of what you struggle with. Yeah. So I, I find myself uh, struggling like the longer distance, you know, where I'm stuck between my four iron and my three wood. I have the two iron, but I really don't play it that much just because it's, I get the same distance as my three wood, but I just can't stop it. So if I hit the green, it's like off. So, um, so right around that, like 230 to like 250 range, uh, I just, it's like, you know, it's basically a layup for me because I have to either go at it with my four iron and then chip it up with a 60 or go at it with my two iron and hope that I chunk it or hit it higher. <laughs> <laughs> and those yardages that you're, that you're sharing, are those carry or are those total, like the 230 to 250? Uh, yeah, I hit my two iron carry right around like 235, but I get like, maybe 1500 spin on it so it just it's gone yeah. yeah it would be interesting are you i mean i mean have you been open have you explored hybrids at all i mean is there any sort of visual aesthetics uh that kind of holds you back there at all or are you open to exploring yeah no definitely i've been uh looking at some new hybrids i tested the uh the new maverick one uh and i was loving it but uh they just didn't have any shafts that i uh that really fit me well in the store. Um, so I never really got to try those out. So I was a little hesitant there. Got it. 
Yeah. yeah the, thing, the thing that's kind of interesting is, um, you know, going to potentially a hybrid. Um, some players aren't able to do that because aesthetically it doesn't sit right to them, right? If they're trying to, you know, uh, knock it tight on a 230, 250 yard second shot or, you know, par three, whatever it is. Aesthetically, they may not enjoy or feel the confidence by looking at one of those hybrids. But by design, it's going to be easier to get up in the air, which should help the ball essentially land at a, at a sharper angle, which should help. Um, and, you know, if we did stick to irons, right, and you wanted more spin, then it brings up either the loft conversation or the golf ball conversation, right? Um, so I think, I think we need to kind of walk carefully around that. We do make a utility iron, which is pretty cool. Uh, it's a more forgiving version of the, you know, the irons that we're talking about with you of the X-Forge CB. I think that could be pretty cool. Nate, uh, you play a couple of those, right? The, the I have um, I have the X Forge U- Utility, uh, the UT, and uh, for my four iron, and it is absolutely fantastic. Yep. Really, really forgiving. Uh, I went a little bit – in this case, there's a lot more that you can tinker with, I think, to affect loft – or uh, to affect launch and spin. So I went much lighter overall setup. Um, and, uh, and, um, that really helped. And then I went to a hybrid graphite, uh, steel. I, w- I put the Aerotech steel fiber in there as well. So a little lighter, a little, a little graphite. And, um, I see, you know, whereas a normal foreign, I wouldn't be able to get generate enough launch and spin by, with that adjustment, it, it allowed me to, to pick up some of that. I think, yeah, I mean, Nathan, I, I think it'd be super interesting for you to kind of make a call if there's a preference between, hey, I want to look down at a, you know, uh, a longer blade length iron, right, from 230 to 250, or if I'm okay with looking at a hybrid. And then kind of what Nate did is, is either of those are probably going to uh, pair pretty well with like a lighter, a lighter shaft. We don't necessarily have to do the graphite in the, in the, the, the hybrid we would, but in the iron, we could do kind of a lighter steel to kind of match with the flow of the, the shaft you're going to put in the, uh, the other irons. I think that could be pretty helpful for you in that, in that longer scoring game. Yeah. I think from a confidence perspective, probably a hybrid. Um, I'm decent at hitting the, uh, you know, the uh, driving irons, um, but definitely, I mean, confidence and the ability to get it up higher, I would imagine would come with the hybrid rather than the driving iron. Yeah. That's a part of the bag too, that, this is a personal fitting approach of mine, but I kind of throw away the optimal trajectory and spin windows. This is personally, I put a little less, uh, a, a little less into what the book says those clubs should do and more into how each individual uses that club. So that two iron is probably not about maximizing distance as you've seen, because you can't stop it on a green. And if you're using that on a par five, Maybe the textbook says it should be in a certain launch window or a certain spin window, but for you having a little bit extra spin will help with being able to get that ball to stop. And so that's a case where I think, um, you know, like uh, when it's a club that's used for a very specific yardage for a very specific purpose, hitting a par five and two, or you have a tee shot, that cannot go more than 240 yards because it'll go in, in out of bounds or it'll go in the water. That's a club where you need stopping power. So uh, getting optimal launch spin to maximize distance is kind of irrelevant in that category. So 
that uh, opens a lot of creativity. You know, a hybrid is going to spin more in a driving iron. That's great. You could even go, uh, probably not given your spin profile, but you could even go with a high lofted fairway wood if, if you felt like it, if that visually looked better, a little bit more forgiving, but that's probably not as big a priority for you. Yeah, no, not, not as big of a priority for me. Uh, that was funny. You mentioned the, uh, you know, 240 and you need to stop it before it goes into water because there are three holes on my golf course that are like that. Uh, yeah. You're hitting it out of the other fairway across water. Um, so yeah, definitely that stopping power is, is uh, a big ticket item. So that, then the recipe is getting it. Uh, it's okay. I think if it's a little spinny, if it's making sure it's hitting that number. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And then just as, as it relates to the hybrid head, right. Um, you know, our pro, our pro style hybrids, um, Maverick pro apex, they're very neutral in CG. So, you know, workable for the better player like yourself. I think you said the preferred shot shape is a draw, but obviously if you're trying to get it to hold, you want to carry a little bit more overall spin straight or a slight left to right ball flight will probably help. So those heads are probably a pretty good option. And then obviously shaft wise, we want to get something that's sturdy in there that you feel like you can control but not something that is so heavy and so stiff that it's low launch, low spin and kind of counteracts what we just talked about. So kind yeah. of finding that in between of something that helps you, but also, um, you know, feels, feels good. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, and uh, if you have any uh, advice on that, I definitely have a very fast transition and a, uh, I don't lag as much as I should. I do tend to like kind of cast a little bit, um, but I offset it with my face angle um, so there's not a lot of like tip interaction, um, from what I've seen. So I get a, a little bit more benefit from a, a relatively stiff tip and, uh, a, like a little bit more flexible in the butt. Yeah. Like, and that makes sense. Um, and you know, Nate, you and I've talked about this before, you know, like baseball players, right. You know, like yourself, typically they're the biggest thing that I've seen help or aid. Um, sometimes players can't discern stiff tip or stiff butt or vice versa, but typically weight is where they can, you know, find, find common ground, but typically higher tempo, higher paced, uh, you know, transitions going to something heavy. But then, as I mentioned, if you, you get really heavy, typically you get into like the TX flex categories. Well, that's going to be low launch, low spin, right? So we just have to be careful as we kind of experiment there, I would say not to get caught up too much, um, in the, um, you know, don't worry too much about the the flex more. So just kind of follow the weight, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, yeah, because, yeah. You know, I mean, like we could get you in something that's kind of mid heavy, um, but maybe a little bit softer in the flex. So it doesn't feel like you're, you know, you're having to, you know, to work too hard and it's still going to do what you want it to do. Yeah, no, that's, that's, I think my biggest issue with the two iron is I feel like I have to work really hard because it is a, uh, it's an extra stiff. And if I don't swing full, Yep. Then it's, you know, two degrees launch and straight to the right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, go golf is hard enough. We don't need to make it harder on ourselves with the wrong equipment. That's for yeah. sure. So That's that what we do here on, on the fitting room. So uh, this is a great conversation. This is a good insight into what uh, a specific Callaway distance fitting would be like. But the good news about the, the program is that every single caller is going to have a unique conversation tailored exactly to them. Um, so Nathan, thank you for your time. Well, what we're going to do hopefully is this conversation helped us nail down exactly the specs that you want to move forward with. We'll, we'll, we will uh, be in touch with you to make sure we build those exactly the way that, that you'd like them to be. Um, and a couple of notes uh, as we wrap up here, uh, 
just a little bit of, uh, if you're now a little bit more intrigued and you want to go uh, schedule a Callaway distance fitting, just a couple things that I think Nathan did a really nice job on. Number one is be honest about where your game's at and the assessment of your game. Um, that's only going to help the fitter. The more you can be open, honest, forthcoming in terms of your strengths, your weaknesses, and especially what your goal is with that fitting, that is um, only going to help that fitter help you. Number two um, is the pre-fit interview. You'll get a, uh, a, a Word document with a questionnaire. Being as detailed as possible with uh, those questions, um, and especially if you have launch monitor data, being able to provide some of that. It only gives the fitter more information with which to work. And even if you, you might not think it's relevant, maybe the fitter will find something in there, a connection you didn't know that that would be relevant. And then third is uh, knowing your current club setup so that either you have or the fitter can look up those specs. Um, oftentimes they're, uh, you know, across brands and across models, they'll be saying forgiving, fast, high launch, uh, you know, uh, big, big distance, but the specs may all be different and that can give the fitter some clues. So I think if you have those three things, you're setting yourself up for uh, fantastic success. And one of the questions we also get is, okay, what, what happens next? What happens after the uh, calorie distance fitting? Well, the good news is you can buy them just the way that you would buy any other club. You can uh, go to your local club, your local golf shop, your local calorie retailer, um, and they can fulfill the order directly for you the way that you normally would if, uh, to provide them, uh, you know, to support your local golf retailer. You can also, of course, order on CallawayGolf.com uh, anytime. Um, good stuff here. So uh, we'll be back next week with more from the Fitting Room Podcast. We are uh, approaching the holiday season, which means that uh, the Fitting Room team will be busy at work getting ready for all of our 2021 new product launches, which are sure to be exciting. Uh, one of these days, they'll tell me what's coming because uh, they know that if I knew, I might spill the beans. So uh, good stuff there. Um, any questions you guys have, anything we missed, hit us up on the Callaway community, callawaygolf.com slash community. Uh, head over to the Fitting Corner thread. And uh, the best questions there will be brought here onto the podcast and onto the live show that we do every Monday night on Sirius XM PGA Tour Radio. Okay, that was a mouthful. Nathan, thank you so much. Good luck with your new set of irons and congratulations on, uh, on the big win here. Yeah, thanks again. Thanks for everything, guys. Appreciate it, John. Appreciate it, Nate. And uh, John, thank you for taking us through that very insightful and uh, wonderful program you've built. I appreciate you having me. Again, uh, Nathan, congratulations. <laughs> thanks. Uh, big thanks to AmateurGolf.com as well for helping orchestrate this uh, uh, giveaway and our friend uh, Pete Lodowski over there. Um, the Fitting Room is part of the Callaway Golf Podcast Network, and this episode uh, was made possible because the great work of all of our producers, uh, Jen Turk, Trevor Miglarino, and Tyler Sheehan. And we'll be back next week with more from the Fitting Room Podcast. Mm-hmm.